Welcome, and thanks for checking out this podcast from First International Christian Fellowship. The following message you are about to hear was carefully crafted with you in mind. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope that this message speaks to you as it did to us. Now here's Pastor Joe Salcido delivering this week's sermon. Join me in the word of prayer. Father, we thank you once again for bringing us here tonight. We thank you for keeping us safe, and we thank you for the blessings that you have given us throughout the week, Lord God. And Lord, tonight as we um, ask you to focus our minds and our hearts on you and your message, Father, I ask that uh, you speak through me to your people. I rely on you completely, Lord God. I ask you to override my preparations, Lord God, that you and you alone speak to them. And Father, let the Holy Spirit, your Holy Spirit, guide us. Save those who are lost, Lord God. Comfort those who are troubled. Rescue those who are in trouble. And Lord, speak the truth with us and to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, I, uh, working? I titled our message, Out with the Old, In with the New. I have a feeling I used this uh, title before. So it's uh, an oxymoron. (laughs) Because I'm using the same title with the title out. Okay, never mind. I'll explain it later. (laughs) Out with the old, in with the new. (laughs) This is the new year. This is the second Sunday of the year. Um, It's a restart. We hit that button and we feel good. We should feel good about yourselves, right? Not necessarily, but... um, (laughs) Whenever there is a change, we, we, we know that... There's a new journey. It's a new chance for us to make the right decisions. But with our faith, with our faith, once you came, if you, if one, one time in your life you made that decision to come into a relationship with Jesus, this is what you should always be focused on. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. A new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. Believers, we shouldn't wait for New Year's for us to restart our life for God. Do you agree? Yeah, yes. Say yes, even if you got defeated for the past 11 months. Because this is the truth. When we accepted Jesus as our Lord, we became a new creation. We should have been done with the old, and we should have embraced the new creation. Sadly, many believers, we want to keep the old, but with the new benefits, the fringe benefits of being a Christian. Number one, heaven, right? We want to guarantee, oh gosh, we've got to have heaven in my old lifestyle, right? If, if we were to choose if you want to be popular, you want to be well-fed, want to have everything you need between that and unpopular or hated, hungry, and poor. It's no brainer, right? We'll all choose the first one because we all want to be well-fed. We all want to be well-liked or popular, and we want to be rich. But Christianity, for some reason, Christianity brings us to this to where we don't want to be. It brings us to a need where I, I can't have what I want all the time. It's not what I desire all the time. It's what God desires. And most of the time, what God desires versus our human nature is the opposite. Correct? And then we say, we, say we, we struggle, we struggle. We say, Lord, why am I not changing Why am I not moving forward with my relationship with you? Well, because you have not done this. You have not done this mentally. You have not made this decision with your heart, with 100% resolve. 50% will not do. Some of us are thinking, no, not really. It's been working. Mm -hmm. It's been working 50% of the time. (laughs) How would you like your car to work 50% of the time? 
If you drive a Ford, you're probably saying, oh, that's how it goes. <laughs> or an old car. Well, you know, God is always good at giving us, giving us examples of, of, from his creation. You guys know of uh, the caterpillar? Yeah. So before you start, the smart people in the room, start, stop arguing with your, with your mind right now with me, okay? I, I've done a little bit of research with like five minutes. <laughs> if, if a caterpillar is an insect. So, you know, there's a big, big debate, Wikipedia mostly, <laughs> that says but the ca caterpillar is an insect. But is the, is the, does the caterpillar stay the same? If you're smart, if you listen in your science class, Unlike me, you kept talking, you can't listen, you can't hear anything. It doesn't stay as a caterpillar, correct? But some caterpillar die as a caterpillar. Do we agree? Some caterpillar die as a caterpillar. We were created in God's image. All men were created in God's image. But for some reason, not all men will accept Jesus as their Lord. Only some. Just like with caterpillars. Some become moths. Some become butterflies. Moths are popularly known with the Filipinos. Are, wait, wait. I forgot. <laughs> I had it and I lost it. The gamo-gamo, yes, yes. They usually appear at nighttime. You know, when you have one light turned on and you're still, if you're like me, you're always playing outside and there's a lot of those things on that bulb. They're not pretty. But the butterflies are the pretty ones. The butterflies are the, they're, they're, even with a colorblind person like me, I see color. I'm like, wow, those things are actually beautiful. Do you know the process of a, of a butterfly? Let's explore it for a little bit. Oh, a cater, caterpillar. It, it first starts as an egg, of course, okay? So it starts as an egg. When the egg finally hatches, it becomes a butterfly? No, it becomes a caterpillar. And the, it becomes a caterpillar. Cat, caterpillar filler. Well, not, not ex, um, it says here, in the butterfly's life cycle, there are four stages. And this is the second stage when the, the egg hatches. And then the butterfly larvae, or I probably didn't say that, are actually what we call caterpillars. Caterpillars do not stay in this stage for very long. And mostly in this stage, all they do is eat. Just like a baby Christian. You become a Christian, baby Christian, you're, you should be eating. You're not supposed to stay as a caterpillar. Okay? When the egg hatches, the caterpillar will start his work and eat the leaf they were born unto. This is really important because the mother butterfly needs to lay her eggs on the type of leaf the caterpillar will eat. Each caterpillar types like only certain types of leaves. Imagine that. God's creation gives us a very good example. Because sometimes, the, the, if you are God's creation, if you have accepted Christ as your Lord, you should have a hunger for the Word of God. Do you agree? And if you have no hunger for the Word of God, maybe you're a moth. <laughs> right? Maybe you're a moth. You're not a butterfly. Because Christians are butterflies. Christians have those beautiful wings that attract people. Not, ugh, get those things out of here. It's a butterfly. It's always welcoming. Like, oh my gosh, we have a butterfly sanctuary. You don't have a moth sanctuary. Right? You don't go to, you go to Six Flags. Is there a moth sanctuary? No. There's different types of butterflies. They could care less about moths. So it's the same with us believers. Caterpillars need to eat and to eat so they can go grow quickly. Christians need to eat the Word of God so you can grow quickly. You're not supposed to just sit there and consume and consume and consume. You're supposed to grow and get out of here and go and make disciples of all nations. Amen? Some of you guys, that's not my gift. Okay, fine. <laughs> And then there's the, the pupa stage, and it becomes the metamorphosis, right? And it becomes a butterfly. And it becomes a butterfly. So now the, the butterfly, does it say, no, I want to be a caterpillar? Right? 
No, I want to stay as a, a, a caterpillar. It was better eating than flying around and being chased by kids with their nets. No, these creation, they function as God created them. Do we agree? They have no, they, they're just doing what they're created to do. Believers, when you accepted Christ as your Lord, you were a, you're now a new creation. But the thing is, are you acting, are you doing as you are created? Are you functioning as you are created? Or are you still taking that lordship in your life? For many of us, our answer is like, no, I, I still take control. Because frankly, Joe, I know better than God. <laughs> I know, what a silly statement. We, we're not, we don't say that, but we live that way. We live that way, right? Oh, no, I'm not, I'm not going to serve God that way. God knows. God understands. <laughs> I love that when, when people say, oh, God understands my situation right now. I really can't serve him in that function. Really? Is our, is, is our limitation God's limitation? Or is our limitation our limitation? Do we limit God with our limitation? I should say, we limit God with our limitation because God has no limitation. Be it done to you according to your faith. That's what Jesus said. It's still the same with us. It's still the same with us. Now as we go... We're going to start our Galatians 5.1. We're just going to tackle one verse. That's why we're still on it. That's why we're still in Galatians. We're tackling one verse at a time. We're not in a hurry here. We're just, you know, waiting for God to come. Hopefully, we're still in Galatians when he comes. <laughs> <laughs> so that I don't have to study another book. <laughs> Galatians 5.1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. And do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Stand, not sit. Stand is, is actually an action verb, right? It's, a, it's an action word. Standing is, it takes effort to stand. It doesn't take effort to sit down. Although what hurts when you're sitting down is you're behind, correct? That's the only muscle in your lower back when you're sitting down a long time. But standing up requires balance. Your brain needs to balance things out for you because if you have a, 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 a what do you call that, what Tita Marcy had the other day? <laughs> vertigo. If you get the vertigo, you lose balance and you can't stand straight, right? Your equilibrium is all of a sudden imbalanced. So standing up requires your system, your entire system to be functioning well. And it takes effort. And it's the same thing as, as Paul is saying here. Stand fast. Be alert. Don't be passive. Stand fast. In the liberty, therefore in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. Christ has made us free. So we need to be standing with that truth. If we are a new creation that Christ has paid for us, for our sins, we need to be standing fast. We need to be alert. We need to be functioning, right? We need to be aware of it, and we need to be doing something with it. Many of us have just enjoyed the benefits, the fringe benefits of Christianity and have not done anything at all in regards to the kingdom of God. You know, it's not really about the doing. If you have felt the call from God and you have neglected it because you say, Lord, not now. Wait till I retire. When I'm 65, Lord God, and I'm at the beach by Palawan in the Philippines, that's when I'll serve you. I know there's a lot of lost souls there, right? Don't use me here in Reno. In Reno, I need to make money in Reno, right? We choose where we want to be used. While God says, you have to stand fast. You need to be waiting for him. We need to be aware that he's going to use us. We need to be aware that we are his testimony. Stand fast, therefore as a result of in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. 
For us believers, we know Christ made us free. But what do we do with it? Jesus said it. Jesus read it in, in Jesus read Isaiah 61:12 when he visited a synagogue in his, his hometown in Nazareth. He identified himself as the one in whom Isaiah's words would be fulfilled. He read, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim liberty to the captives, to set liberty to those who are oppressed. Captives, meaning we are in a prisoner, we are incarcerated with our sins. Do we agree? Before Christ, we were in prison with our sinful ways. We were incarcerated. While oppressed suggests bondage to a cruel master. Oppressed is an adjective that means subject to a harsh and authoritarian treatment. We were oppressed and we were in incarcerated. And Christ was the one that set us free. But the question is, once we accepted that and we became free, what do we do with our lives? Christians, American Christians, I should say. Well, uh, let me answer that, Joe. I experienced his blessings. I experienced his protection. And I experienced his love. That's all true. That's all true. But are we not compelled by that love, by those blessings, by that protection, by that in, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit? Are we not compelled to do something for Him? Do you mean to tell me that you are the only Christian that God saved that has nothing to do with the kingdom of God? Because if you read the Bible, if you even read it, you will see that everyone that God saved, that accepted Christ as their Lord, were used. They were more than willing to be used. They were more than willing to be imprisoned and, and killed for the name of Jesus Christ. But what do we do? What is Christianity now? Christianity now is all about blessings. Blessing here, blessing there, blessing here, blessing there. Protect me here, protect me there. And you know what? It's all good and all. I, I, I enjoy God's blessings. I ask for His protection all the time. But does it stop there? For some of us, we say, yes, it stops there. It should just stop there. No, it doesn't stop there. We're blessed to be a blessing to others. Christ has set us free to what? Enjoy our sinful ways? No. No, Christ did not save us so that we can enjoy our sinful ways. Christ saved us so we can become a blessing to other people who, were lo who are lost, just like we were before we accepted Christ. In Galatians 5.1, Paul exhorts, Stand fast, therefore, in liberty by which Christ has made us free. Do not be entangled by the yoke of bondage. There are only two ways to break from the bonds of slavery before. It was either the slave dies or someone buys him or her, a new master. And there are two ways for our slavery and sin to go away. And that's also death and someone purchases us. And Christ has done that. Christ has accomplished both. He died on the cross to pay for our sins. And he, has, he, he now becomes our new master. For some of us, we say accept Jesus as Lord, but that's it. You don't know what lordship of Jesus means to your life. And you could care less because you just want the Savior part of Jesus. You just want that saved part of your Christianity. You don't want Jesus' lordship in your life. What a great New Year message, huh? It's the second week now, so you gotta excuse me. I gave you a good one last week. No, okay. A captive or slave can find freedom through death or be purchased out of slavery by a new master. And for us believers, Christ has done that for us. If you have forgotten, let us be reminded that Christ has made us free. Romans 3.23 reads, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. For all of us have sinned. Correct? All have sinned. No one is ex exempt except Jesus Christ. 
In John 8, 32 to 36, Jesus said, Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Jesus has set us free because he's the truth. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants, and we have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. If you didn't know, you were a slave to sin before Christ. You were not of God. You were of the enemies. We were of the enemies. We were playing for the other team. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. So it's not, I praise God for this, because it's not of the good works or the lack of good works that I do that has set me free from the sins, because I can barely do good works on a bad day. I just need somebody to irritate me in the freeway, and I am no longer right in the heart and mind, even if I'm listening to the praise and worship songs. It just takes one irritating member at church <laughs> for me not to sing <laughs> too much, too, TMI, Pastor Joe. Right? I mean, it happens to us, correct? It just needs one mistake. And then we will not act and, be, and, and think as a Christian. But praise God, it is not up to us. Because Christ did it. Christ paid for it all. Our sins before, yesterday. Our sins today, our sins tomorrow. Isn't that amazing? For some of us, we're banking on the tomorrow because <laughs> we have plans. You know, it's, it, it is the truth. But isn't that such a big disrespect for what it cost Christ for you to be saved, but yet you just take it for granted and you just stay the way you are? You basically deny 2 Corinthians 5.17 in your life. The consequences of sin is gone, but the old is still here. The new will maybe come, is your own version of 2 Corinthians 5.17. Maybe. We deny the power of God with our lives. And then we wonder, I don't know why my, my, you know, my friends and my family, they're not coming to Christ, even though I invite them many times. We wonder. But we don't think that, hey, don't you look in the mirror? And see, maybe you haven't been looking different. You know, we're going to have the same house as our pagan friends and family. I say pagan because they're unbelievers, right? Because we are the believers. They're the unbeliever. So we're going to have, probably live in the same house, drive the same cars, wear the same clothes to a certain extent, right? But we're supposed to look different. We're supposed to look different than them. The question we should always be asking, this is this, again, this is a new year. These are the, it's a good time. It's a good time to ask, am I looking different from the world? Am I looking like Christ? When, we, when, we, when I welcome you guys, I say, welcome to FICF. This is where we know Christ. We become like him. Right? And we make him known. Some of us, we get stuck in the first part. There's nothing bad with the first part. The first part is everything why there's a second and a third. But then maybe we have the wrong Christ. Maybe we have the wrong understanding who Christ is and what our faith is. Because we are not supposed to stay the way we are. Well, I don't have the power, Joe. Yeah, you don't. But the Holy Spirit that dwells in you has the power to help you look and live different and glorify God with your life. Because Christ said it. So if the Son set you free, you will be free indeed. Are you saying Jesus is wrong? No, I'm still entangled with my sin. Now there's the opposite of this. This is why Galatians was written. is because... The people, after being enslaved with the hedonism or the sinful ways of life, some of the Judaizers 
are including the, the, the law to be part of their salvation. That's why Paul is saying that Christ has set you free. So some of us, we try to make church attendance as the way to heaven. We try to make our good works as the way to heaven. And we become critical of the Christians that are not. We look around and we say, huh, he's not here again. We put a mental note, missed church. Hypocrite. We make mental notes of other Christians thinking that we're better. We, we build this pride in ourselves thinking that, oh my gosh, I'm so good. Praise God, he saved me. Lord, you are welcome. I'm glad you picked me. I'm such a good person. You picked the right one. Some of us walk that way. Some of us walk that way and we forget it was Christ who set us free. It was nothing to do with us. Do we agree? And then here, Romans 6.4. Again, the header is Christ made us free. It's not of your goodness. It was Christ. But then he reads here, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. A new life in Christ, both death to sin and life through a new master are accomplished. Those who have died to the old way of life are now the servants of the one who purchases us out of the marketplace of sin with the cost of his own life. And we have become his spiritual slaves as a result. Do you, do you make that mental picture that you are Christ's slave? Or do you make Christ as your slave? Let me tell you, let me help you. Some of us, we've made Jesus as our slave. We've made the reverse. We tell God what to do. Right? And if he doesn't do what we tell him, we're leaving church. <laughs> I'm changing my Facebook status, Lord. Profile picture of Joe changed. Everybody hears about it. He's back to his party ways. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right? If God doesn't help me here, that's it, Lord. If you don't make me the starting point guard of this team for the young people, if you don't change my husband for the wives, if you don't change my wife for the husbands, we're done, Lord. That's the saddest thing. That is the truth, right? We've made that mental picture. We don't see Christ. We don't see ourselves as Christ's spiritual slaves. We don't, we are not even, you know, when we do that, we're not grateful. We don't know the impact. We've forgotten. We have forgotten the, the, what it cost Christ. It cost him his life. We enjoy the sentimental things about Christmas, the cute baby Jesus, and we forgot the Jesus that was marred, that was worn that crown of thorns, spat on, hit, insulted for your sins and mine, not for his. We've forgotten that. And then we accept Jesus as our Lord, and we make him our genie. Not genie anymore, but genie. Make him our genie. <laughs> Pray for Richard for comfort right now because Jeannie's not here. <laughs> Jeannie, Lord, I have an unlimited request from you. Please continue to do so so I can continue to glorify you. Sometimes when we get too lazy, our prayer is just like the weatherman's, the lazy weatherman's report. Have you heard of the lazy weatherman's report? He goes, good morning. This is the weather report. Our weather today is just like yesterday. Thank you. <laughs> It's just like the kid who didn't want to pray. My prayer today, Lord, is just like yesterday. Amen. It's the same thing with the Christian. Lord, you said in your word, you already know what I'm about to ask, so I won't even ask anymore. <laughs> we quote verses. We know verses. We know doctrines. We know it. 
but we don't live it. We play around with it. We have our favorite doctrines, and we stick with it. So long as it benefits our sinful desires and our selfish reasons, we stick with that Christianity, and we live that type of Christianity. And then we wonder, we wonder, why are people not being blessed by me? Why are people around me not accepting Jesus when I tell them about Jesus? Have you made that mental picture that you are Christ's spiritual slave? Therefore, slavery is not the issue. Slavery to sin is not the issue. Rather, the issue is to whom or what is one enslaved? To whom are you enslaved to? Ironically, as Jesus himself said, once we are set free by knowledge of the truth, we are free indeed. All the while being slaves to Christ. We are free. Christ made us free. We should see ourselves as his slaves because we call him Lord. Do you guys know that? You, a slave cannot do anything until the Lord tells him or her what to eat, what to do. Right? We say, you know, this never happened. This never happened here. Right? When we say, you cook adobo for the pot bless, and you said, yes, I'll cook adobo for the pot bless. Everybody's counting on the adobo on the pot bless, and what do you bring? Sinigang. You bring sinigang. And everybody was craving for the adobo. Like me, I love adobo. And I'm like, you said you were going to bring adobo. And you said, well, I didn't feel like adobo today. Simple things like that upsets people, us people. We, it ruins our appetite. Well, I don't have an appetite for sinigang. I want to eat. I'm leaving this church. They don't know how to follow rules. I like it when Pastor Julius had it. You know, we don't know what to have. Now I'm craving for it, and now he said it, and he didn't bring it. It's, it's silly. Silly things like this, right? It bothers us. But then for Christ, what happens? Christ tells us to be holy as I am holy. What, what, what do we do? I'll be holy on Sunday, Lord. I'm not a Christian from Monday to Saturday. I'm partying Sunday night, but I'll be praising you on Sunday morning. Right? We, we, we wonder. We have, to, we have to know that we have to live this new life because Christ has given us that power. The Holy Spirit that dwells in us has given us that power to live. But then again, it's not about doing, just like what Paul is saying in Galatians 5, and we're going to tackle it even more. That it's not about the external things that we do. It's not about the external things that we do because we could do the right things like the Pharisees. Jesus said, if your righteousness will not surpass the righteousness of the Pharisees, you will not see the kingdom of heaven. So what do we do? It's the change of heart. Right? That's why we have a new heart. And look at what Dr. David Jeremiah says about this. Being set free from slavery to sin is to be liberated from captivity and oppression. Remember, the captivity from the enemy and the oppression by him and our sins into freedom in Christ. Freedom from the consequences of our sins and freedom from the power of sin. This is what enables his followers to obey him. Have you gone that? Have you been in that? Have you felt that? Have you even thought about that? The power has been given to us. The Holy Spirit indwells in us. Why are you still there? And then, and then here, don't be entangled again. Don't be entangled by the yoke, right? Don't, do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. So the bondage that Paul is referring to in Galatians 5.1 is the bondage of the Mosaic law that the Judaizers were trying to implement to the Gentile believers. So Paul is addressing that. Do not be again yoked with that. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus said, Come to me, right? All you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. If you're a Filipino, you only know this verse through karaoke. 
You don't know what it means. Jesus is saying, Jesus is saying that his yoke is what we need to take upon. We need to let go of the yoke of the slavery of the laws. Because the law was just to point us to what? To that we are failing it. That we need a savior. That's what the Ten Commandments pointed to us. And that we needed Christ. We needed a savior. Because we're failing the Ten Commandments left and right. Over and over again. And we need to take his yoke. Jesus' yoke. Because his is easy. Acts 15, 10 to 11, Peter speaking in the council that they had, because again, there was a disagreement. The Judaizers, the Christian Jews, wanted to implement and add the Mosaic law in the faith, just like some legalistic Christians nowadays. They say, if you're not giving enough, you're not a believer. If your attendance at church is not enough, you're not a believer. If you're not doing good works, you're not a believer. You need to add this to your... Up to now, we go, we go through it. And this is Peter in the council with Paul, Barnabas, and, and James, and everybody in Acts 15, 10 to 11. So why are you now challenging God, Peter speaking, by burdening the Gentile believers with a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors were able to bear? We believe that we are all saved the same way by the undeserved grace of the Lord Jesus. We don't deserve it. But we act as if we're worthy. We're the unworthy people that God saved. When Paul speaks of not being saddled with the yoke of bondage, it points to Jesus' invitation in Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30. Jesus' statement also draws attention to the fact that the people of God are no longer under the bondage of the law. Jesus' audience were burdened by the yoke of the Jewish religious state requirements. There were burdens hard to bear, laid on men's shoulders. That's Matthew 23, 4. Oxen under the yoke and harness are not free. Neither are human beings who are bound by laws. They cannot possibly keep by their own power. When we talk about doing good works, when we talk about living a holy life here, it's a result of your relationship with Christ. It's not so that you can earn heaven. It's the result of your relationship with God. You, your love relationship with Him compels you to obey God. And obeying Him means us doing something, unfortunately, for the lazy Christian. You know, I'm reminded of this joke. The Sunday school kids were told by the Sunday school teacher, she asked, why are we supposed to be quiet when we're at church? And one girl, six-year-old, raises her hand. She goes, because people are sleeping. <laughs> Sometimes, not just here, you just don't sleep here. Sometimes you sleep with your faith. We're walking believers. You are a believer, although you're not moving. You're not alive. Isn't that an oxymoron? A dead Christian? Because once you become a Christian, you live forever. Amen? This body will, will pass, but we will live forever for eternity. But right now, you're... Yeah. <laughs> right? You're just stagnant, a stagnant water that nobody can drink. Nothing can live in that stagnant water. Why are we doing that? Why are we not acting? But at the same time, we're seeing this. We understand it, that Christ has taken the yoke of our sins, right? He has paid for it. Now, if we take his yoke, which is easy, right? It's just not a good song to sing. This is a good mental picture, that if we take Christ's yoke, it is easy. And he will teach us. What will he teach us? That he is humble. And gentle at heart. So what does that tell us? Believers, we need, this year, we need to stop judging other believers. Can we do that? Can we stop thinking that we're better than others? Even if, if you are, if you think you're better than others, please raise your hand. <laughs> you may go. <laughs> because you're not accepted in this church. This is a church of imperfect 
imperfect people. Amen? Amen. The church of imperfect people saved by a perfect Lord. Amen? A perfect Savior. So you carry this, and you think about this, and Peter told them, why are you burdening them with something that we Jews could not carry? Because we forget. Now, second point, second, new creation equals new heart. Ezekiel 36, 26, it reads, I will give you, God speaking, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Is there someone that you still need to forgive this year? Believer, you need to give it up to God. Because if you're truly forgiven, you will also forgive Amen? Just like that, that slave that was, he owed his master so much. Then he found his, 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 his fellow servant that owed him a little. He choked him almost to death and threw him into prison. We act as if we're so everything. You know, somebody offends us and we're like, he's dead to me. That's it. I'm leaving the church. He or she or they said the wrong thing to me. They did the wrong thing to me. This is the unforgivable thing. If God has given you a new heart, you will be forgiving. Do we agree? If you understand that God has forgiven a lot, day in and day out with you, that he takes a lot from you, you need to be forgiving too. With this new creation and a new heart, Paul, I find this very interesting that Paul puts verse 6 with verse 5 in Ephesians 6. Slaves, obey your human masters with fear and trembling in the sincerity of your heart as you would Christ. Don't work only while being watched as people pleasers, but as slaves of, of Christ. Do God's will from your heart. Because we can do the right thing for to Please, people, correct? Because we know people are watching. You know, you invite me to your party and you're waiting for me to get out because you want the beer to come out already. <laughs> right? it's, it's, it, sometimes we can act the right way. But our hearts are still not wrong. Our external attitude could be biblical, but our hearts are not connected to God. Do we agree? And this is where Paul is saying that our actions and our heart must be the same, and it us to be for Christ, not for people. People will glorify God with the right things that you do and the things that you say. If they see the change in you, they're like, man, you have a, you're a different Chris from what I've known you for 20 years. You are now different. And you don't have to force this issue because you're pleasing God, and, and some people will be offended by you. Do we agree? People will be offended by you. What? You going to church again? What Bible? Don't bug me with that Bible stuff. But if we're doing it for Christ, we have blessings waiting for us. And we are doing the right thing. But if we're doing it to please them, but doing it from the heart. See, our external doesn't matter so much if our hearts are not connected and if it's not sincerely for God. 1 Corinthians 10, 23 to 24, believer's freedom. Paul speaking. We tackled this, right? I have the right to do anything. Paul speaking this. You say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. Verse 24 reads, no one should seek their own good, but the good of others. When he was talking about the food and and well, meat to eat and what not to eat and things to drink and what not to drink that were stumbling other people. He said, yes, don't worry about those things. You have the right to do, drink or eat or do anything you want. You do. But then if it's stumbling other people, then maybe, maybe you shouldn't do it. Well, it's just, you, see the, you see the tug and the push and pull here? 
We're talking about the externals and then the, the, the insincerity of it, but we, we're talking about the need of it. But at the end of the day, we're talking about what? To please God. Because God said, if you love me, right, obey my commands. And then what's the, what are his commands? The two greatest commandments. Love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. And then love others as you love yourself. And the second is like it, he said. He made it equivalent to. Not superseding the first, but it's as equal as it. So if we are stumbling other believers in what we're doing, let's say I have a bottle of beer or two, I did not lose my salvation. I do not lose my salvation by drinking alcohol. But I become a bad testimony to others, especially to the ones that have no self-control, that have, they have fallen, that that's their weakness. Right? The Bible says do not get drunk. Do not get drunk. Do not drink beer as it clouds your decision. But I'm not, I'm not going to be legalistic. If that is part of your diet, <laughs> other than having a big belly, you will probably be a bad testimony to others who are watching you. Correct? So some people have said that, you know, the smoking part, you know, yeah, you don't lose your salvation on smoking a cigarette too. But do you become a bad testimony? My answer is yes. I think we're going to have to argue that for a long time. But then he says here, no one, no one should seek their own good, but the good of others. So I, I know before I got to this, we've discussed that it's grace, that grace covers all, right? <laughs> Grace covers all that Christ did everything for us, correct? Our sins before, today, and tomorrow. That it's Christ, and by grace, and by grace alone, through faith, and through faith alone. But then, does it stay there? No. Our lives must be lived for His glory. That if we are stumbling others, then maybe we shouldn't be doing it. We are not set free. Please hear this out. We are not set free in order to have the prerogative to do whatever we want, but the power to do what we have to do. True spiritual freedom means that we submit our own desires to what which is best for others. Rest and rely on Him, the Holy Spirit that dwells in you. Amen? This is the third point. Rest and rely on Him. Philippians 2.13 For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases you? No. What pleases Him. He gives you the desire and the power. He works in us. If you are in Him, then He is working in you and He is giving you the power, the strength, to obey Him, whatever that it He's asking for from you. You can't do it by your own strength. We've, we've tried it many times. Do we agree? And whenever we try to do it again, we fail. And God is good to remind us that you will not be able to do this by your own strength. Philippians 4.13 I am able to do all things. I use a different verse here. I am able are you able to do all things? The all things is like the ones that are, have eternal implications. The ones with eternal implications. You, you're able to finish and be faithful with your ministry that God has called you to do. And with some of us, our ministries are our, our spouse, our children. Some of us, are, our ministry is our work, our workplace. I am able to do things through Him who strengthens me. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So stop doing it on your own strength. Rely on him. Rest on him. Take his yoke upon you because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. 
The law was a temporary tutor, attendant, or guardian. It is to keep the immature in line until they encounter the life-giving spirit of God in Jesus Christ. Galatians 3.24 reads, The law then was a guardian until Christ so that we could be justified by faith. Once the Spirit enters in, the law is dismissed, and the Spirit takes over as guide and counselor, leading the Christian to do the will of God from the heart. Ephesians 6.6 6 reads, Those who walk freely in Christ live under the control of the Holy Spirit, who provides the very kind of light that the law pointed to but could not never but could never produce by the spirit they also learn that liberty or freedom is not a license to sin this is the way of liberty the way of freedom in Christ freedom in Christ doesn't give you the right to live in sin to continue to live in sin to continue to live your selfish ways Freedom in Christ is to give you the power to obey Him and to live for Him. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank You for Your message, Lord God, and Your reminder that we are Your new creation, that our old self is gone, Lord God, and the new has come. Father, I pray for Your believers here tonight. I pray that You... Just remind them of the power that, that lives in them, your Holy Spirit, that will enable them, Father God, to accomplish the things that you want them to do for your glory, not theirs. Forgive us, Lord, for our shortcomings, for the many times that we have failed you, for the many times that we have disobeyed you and we live for ourselves rather than for you. Father, help us, Lord God, to see your goodness and your love once again in order for that love, Lord God, to be the one to compel us to obey you and everything that you want from us. Lord, you said that we have to love you with our entire being. Help us to do so, Lord God. You told us, Lord God, to love our neighbors just like we love ourselves, Lord. Help us to do so, Lord God. Father, we rely on you and your power and we rest in your love. We thank you, Father, for your truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. That was the end of today's message. If you want to support our mission of reaching many others through this podcast, help us grow our ministry by visiting ficfreno.com forward slash give. To get the latest updates from our channel, hit the subscribe button. Visit our Facebook page by clicking the link below to let us know how God is moving in your life.